Hello, hello. Where'd it go, man? Golly, Bill, golly, Bill, golly, Bill. Man, I just want to call a timeout uh, because we can. Y'all are really close. He's <laughs> like, hey, how are y'all doing? We'll get to moving here. You're really close, too. You doing good? Yay. It's good to see y'all, man. You know, I, I want to just help everyone just kind of relax just a little bit. It, it's always fun to watch people's face whenever the room is set up different than what you're normally accustomed to. You know, you walk through the door and then there's that hesitation of, where am I, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What? So you try to, people still try to get in the area where you normally sit, you know, so it's just fun. There's several folks that walked through the door for the first time tonight. Man alive, thank you. Welcome home. Seriously. There's some that have walked through the door. Again, it's been a while. I just want to stop and let everybody get a chance. Can we hug on you for a second, Star? It's been a while. Welcome home. It's a safe place. So I'm going to get us up here in a second. And that's the thing, gang, that, you know, we've said here from day one, anybody listen, that maybe your living room should be a little bit more relaxed than this. But, man, that's our heart's desire is that, that you just be so relaxed here with one another that you don't have to hide, that God has called us out of the dark. His light is shining in every piece of it. He desires for you to live so wide open, man, that the world takes notice. And that when they take notice, they've got to find out what kind of juice you're hooked up to. (laughs) Right? So I'm going to take just a second, a couple of minutes for everyone to make sure that you know everyone at your table because we're going to really have a blast after I stop my mouth here. And it's going to be brief because I want to give us all the time in the world to be able to have a blast afterwards by grubbing. (laughs) <laughs> and meeting tangible needs. It's going to be crazy cool. All right, so everybody up. Hug on each other. That's right, man. Let me get a tab running. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Way to go. I know. I might as well have because your mom might have one of those things. Figure out how to get it to that. Yeah. So I was like, here, I'll get it. She had that one. She said, I want to be able to do my arms. She might have one She couldn't do it up to Alright, Cameron's gonna lift us up. Oh, not, not, not.
Dear God, I thank you for this day and for the opportunity for all of us to come here and just uh, be in the presence of you, God. And uh, I'm thankful for that opportunity. And just put your hands over everyone here, God, and just open our hearts and open our minds. And uh, let us just take this opportunity to give back, God, and uh, let us make the best of it. And let us keep you in our heads with all of it, God. And just let us have a great night and just what a blessed night it is. Amen. All right, thank you. Go ahead and find the book of John. We'll be traipsing in there just a little bit. If this is your first time in, uh, to be in here for the past few weeks, just a real brief kind of bring you up to speed. We've been plowing through. A little close. You want to go over there? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Hey, will you move? Yeah. No, I'm just asking her if she wanted to. I mean, you could like move. Well, you're underneath there. I really didn't mean you had to move. <laughs> All right. For those listening at home, a little time out on the field. All right. Is everybody settled? All right. I'm going to pray over us. Father, I just found out that a buddy of, of mine and yours and all of ours, John, is in uh, severe pain in his back. So I'm just asking, Lord, that you would uh, relieve that. Lord, you knit him in his mama's womb so you know exactly where the pain is and the source of it. So I would just, uh, claiming in the name of Jesus Christ that you would touch that where he would be able to dance in the floor. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for just the freedom that we have in you. Thank you for this place. Thank you for the people that are in this room. And tonight we are family. And Lord, we love you. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Yes. All right, so we've been traveling over the past few weeks and following Jesus as He's been saying these I have come statements. And, you know, the reason that we've been doing that is because the very first week we found out really cool that all of God's promises come true through a resounding yes through Jesus Christ. And what our heart is here is to, that if I don't know what those promises are, and if I don't know how those promises apply to me, then it's very hard for me to live life out there for a world that is hard. Right? The world is crazy hard, and so we don't pretend that it's not. And so we know that with all of the promises that, that have come true with the resounding yes through Jesus Christ, we're helping each other remind ourselves in those moments when life just knocks us out from underneath our feet. And man, you know, one of the ones last week was that that Christ's righteousness, if you were here, what Christ was telling the boys, He says, I have come. And He says, your righteousness, and He's talking to the guys that really gain. I love this Pope Francis. I like what he says. I just got one thing just a little off. Is that you can go straight to Jesus with your yes. You go straight to God with your yes. And so they still think that you have to go through someone, and we're not going to get in a debate about that, but you've got direct access to God through Jesus Christ and His yes. And Jesus said it to the guys that really and truly in the day would have been dressed like the Pope. They would have had all the regalia on, and He told them, He said, look, He said, your righteousness has to be better. 
And the only way that that's better is through the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ's righteousness swallows up all the have-tos. And it cuts you loose to get to. His righteousness makes you so clean in God's eyes, you don't ever have to worry about it. I think that is an amen. I don't know. I mean, I just kind of wanted to bonk my head on it. But here's the thing. I remember the day when I didn't believe that. I could believe it for you, but I didn't necessarily believe it for me. There's, there's no way that He could forgive everything I've done. I watched a movie the other, this, the other day in the Mac, just the first part of it. I've watched bits and pieces of a lot of great movies in the Mac. i just got to finish them. <laughs> and this one was Man on Fire, and the, the character that Denzel Washington is playing is something pretty bad because he, he's with the buddy, and they're there, and Denzel asks his buddy, he says, do you think God will forgive us for all the stuff that we've done? And the guy looked at him and he said, no way. And there's, there's a lot of people, guys, that we live life with that believe that. That they believe that there's no way that God can forgive me for that. And the thing is, is that Jesus emptied the tomb knowing that we were going to do, say, think, everything that we were going to do, say, or think, and He still blasted out of the tomb. <laughs> That's crazy good news. That's why He came. His righteousness swallows up all the righteousness even in your mind. He swallowed up your law. And so tonight and John will just we'll finish these up. And, and I love the book of John. It's one of my favorites. So if you started to go there, the first one we're going to look at and read is in John 6. It's in verse 38. Before we get there, my favorite word in Scripture is believe. And if you've seen, we've got these stickers that has the word live that's highlighted in there. It's capitalized. And we often said here is that you will live out who you believe you are in every moment at every time. And so even in conversations that when you're with someone and if you start to feel less than, you're momentarily making that person your God. And so you're believing that you're less than, and I don't know what the source of that less than is, but whatever it is, that's not why Christ emptied the tomb. He emptied the tomb to fill you so that you would never have to feel less than. But when it does come, we remind ourselves that we're going, no, man, uh-uh. I believe that I am who God says I am. And so therefore, I'm going to live this out and I'm going to have these rough and hard conversations. And, that's, and it was so much so in the letter of John that he pounded home this word believe 57 different times. There's no other book that even comes close. The closest one is in Acts. It shows up 16 times. The, the next one after that's in Romans. And it shows up 13 times. So John is wanting us to believe someone. Gang, it's not a something. It's someone. And you're part of that someone. That when you believe in Jesus Christ, then your life starts to take this turn. Then you start to realize the reason why He has come. And so look at John 6 verse 38. And so here's the very first one. 
And it says, For I, now this is Jesus, He's saying, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And remember, the word will means desire. I have, I have come from heaven to do the desires of God who sent me, not to do my own. The second one is just a few pages over. Flip over to John 12. So that's John 12, verse 46. This is Jesus again. That a baby. Way to go. We get them fingers moving. All right, we good? Sweet. That a baby. John twelve forty six says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Verse 47. I will not judge those who hear me but don't obey me. For I have come to save what? And not to judge. What part of the world are we all in? He has come to save the world. And so the thing is, we got before we dive in, this is the one that we're going to hang out with most of the time tonight, is the one here in John where he just says, I have come to save the world. I am the light to shine in the darkness. And so the thing is, is that in the previous chapter, all right, so this is chapter 11. If you go back and read the, the previous chapter in chapter 11, there's a lot going on, gang, a ton, all right? When you go back and you look at it, Jesus is hanging out. He has been summoned by Mary and Martha. They've called out to Jesus because their brother, Lazarus, which is big buddies with Jesus, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, are big buddies with Jesus, and Lazarus is sick, and Lazarus has died. And Mary and Martha sinned for him. Now, when someone sins for us, when a buddy of ours has died, what's our immediate response? Come on. And if they've said, I need you, what do you do? Jesus stayed two days. He hung out. He wasn't that far from them, but He hung out. He said, we're going to wait. And man alive, when you go back in, that just brought up a bunch of questions from the boys asking Him. But when He finally got there, He did pick Himself up and He started going back to the house. And when we got there, man, they rushed out to Him and said, Lord, Rabbi, Teacher, Master, if You'd only been here, if you'd only been here, he'd still be here with us. And Jesus, man, just being Jesus, he said, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Show me where he is. And so they show him where they buried Lazarus. And the stone is over it. And he's been in there for four days. And Jesus says, roll the stone away. And, and they're going, Lord, we can't. We, that's going to be really smelly. Lazarus, our brother's been in there for four days. It's going to stink. It's going to be really bad. We don't really want to roll that stone away. Jesus says, roll the stone away. And when they roll the stone away, Jesus calls His name. Lazarus! <laughs> Come out! 
Lazarus, come out. Now gang, be on the scene. You're at a tomb. You've seen your brother die. You've placed him in that tomb. Jesus comes on the scene and calls him out. And he comes out and the next thing he does is tell him, take your grave clothes off. What are our grave clothes? Hang on before you answer that. (laughs) He heads back to Bethany at the end. Now, that's kind of a big deal, right? You call a man out of the tomb. He's walking. He's going. Now he's setting himself. Now, between here, it's six days from Passover. Alright? And Jesus will spend a lot of time, gang, going from Bethany to Jerusalem. Jerusalem to Bethany. Bethany back. Because he's always going back to the place where he loves to hang out, and that's in homes. And he's especially going back to Mary and Martha's place, and now Lazarus again. <laughs> it's approximately like 1.7 miles, 2 miles, and so he's going back and forth. Six days before Passover. And the significance of that is, is that you have to remember that the Passover, if you've not ever heard anything about it, was this time when God through Moses said, look, I want you to do this. I want you to go and tell all the people that believe in Me, big live, believe, that believe in Me, that you, when you go back home, that you're going to go sacrifice a lamb. It's going to be spotless. I want the best you've got. And I want you to kill it. And when you take the blood from that sacrificed animal, you wipe it on your doorpost. And then when the angel of death comes over and sees the blood, believing, believing, I'm living out what I believe at that moment, then I'm going to pass over your home and you'll live. That's what they're commemorating. That's what they're remembering. And Jesus was doing this, gang, for every year that he was alive. Remember his mom and daddy? They would take, they would, Joseph and Mary would take him to this. And all the while, he's, he's knowing that at some point, he's the lamb. And the time's come where he, the lamb, is setting his sights to that. And so they're going and they're participating. And here's where it starts to get really, really. Interesting. They're back in the house of Mary and Martha, and, and, and Mary comes out and she takes this expensive nard perfume. Nard doesn't sound like it'd smell too good, does it? Nard. Have you got some nard? Doesn't sound like that would smell too good. But it must have, and it must have been really expensive because she comes out and just pours it all over. Every bit of it. She couldn't contain herself. She, she just saw her brother get called out from death. She just saw her brother get called out of the dark back into the light. And she couldn't contain herself. And so I'm just going to throw everything I have on you, Jesus. And he's wiping it with her hair. And the guys around, it wouldn't be too much different than us. Maybe even someone tonight will have the feeling, and I'm praying against it hard, we don't want to send money over there. What are you doing that for? We could have saved that money that you put on His feet and gave it to the poor. And Jesus said, she's doing the very best thing. So I'm praying against that. We would even have the fault of trying to control. Let the God within us, and gang, if you're 18 and under, raise your hand real quick. 
You have a voice in this meeting tonight. If you're aware of some need that's out here, man, you speak up in this group. <laughs> you have a voice. And so for the next five days, next, there's five days out, Jesus boards a donkey, rides into Jerusalem, and it would be like a New York ticker tape parade. They got the palm leaves down. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna is being shouted out. And then Jesus finally says what one of the things that He's come to do. I have come to save the world. I am the light. I'm shining in the darkness. All the promises of God are coming through me. So you see how all these I have come statements are really coming? But check this one out. This is in John. It's in verse 31. You've got to put your eyeballs on it. Look at it. Uh, John 12, verse 31. He says, Now the time for judging this world has come when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be what? Gang, time out. The authority of Christ within you swallows up the authority of Satan. The authority of Christ within us, when you said yes, swallows up the authority of Satan. Do you believe? Sure you do. Sometimes do I get into a state of disbelief? Absolutely. When crazy is happening in our life, we're just wondering, going, "Why, Lord, why is this? Why is this, Father? Why am I having to go through these trials? Why am I having to go through all this persecution? Why am I having to go through all this garbage? I don't know. I know the boys did. It's full of it. And so therefore, it makes all the more sense why he said, I've cast him out. I want you to show a world that you believe in me. It's like blood on the doorpost. And you cast him out in my name. Not yours. You cast him out in the name of Jesus Christ and saying that the power within me is going to help me walk through all this. And he said in John 12, 42, he said, Many people did believe in him. However, including some of the Jewish leaders, they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. Has any one of us ever had fear of admitting our faith? Yeah. And so we're in the same boat here. And so in that fear, it makes all the more sense why we have to have him within. I have come to save the world. I have come to call the light into the darkness. And so it's like when we're living that out, and here it is in verse 43, because they loved human praise more. It's Galatians 1.10. Remember what we just said a while ago, that if I'm feeling less than, and I'm, I'm kind of packaging what I'm about to say because I don't want to ruffle any feathers, or I want to make sure that you're going to be still good with me, and so I start telling some things that just aren't the truth then I just lived out Galatians 1.10, and then I made you a temporary God. And Jesus is saying, let me be the authority. Now look, gang, you got to hear this. That is Satan's number one ploy, is to separate you in that thought process. If he can get you thinking less than, he's got you. You cast him out. We are not less than. We are more than. We are equal to in the power of Jesus Christ. And so we're back at our verse. 
which is in John 12, 46 through 47. And before we hit this again, that one piece that when we're starting to lower ourselves under someone, remember last week, gang, when we said take that piece and crucify it. Put that to death and live in the resurrected. Okay? John 12, 46, and we've come back to it. It says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear me but don't obey me, for I have come to save the world. I have come to save the world. And isn't it interesting, gang, at this point, right before the Last Supper, right before Jesus places Himself on the cross, and He brings in at the time when there's the symbol of the Lamb, that He calls Himself the Light. He refers to himself as a light. I have come as a light to shine in this dark. And so, do you know, do you think when Lazarus came out of the grave, came out of the tomb, you, you think his eyes squinted any in the light? You know, when you wake up in the morning and, and if you've been in the real dark and, and, you, and the light starts coming in, you get real squinty. You know, and it, it just it almost kind of blows you back. I wonder that when he when he did open his eyes, the light of Christ, what it looked like. I, you ever thought that? When he was taking the grave clothes off and his eyes opened up, and there's Christ. You think it just blew him back? <laughs> it undoes me. So what's the dark that Christ has to shine into your dark? What is that piece of our life that maybe that we're living life with friends and they're just holding on to it? And for whatever reason, they're not willing to let the light of Christ shine into it. What are those grave clothes in, the, in some of the people's lives that we're living, to, living with that they just want to keep wrapping around themselves? And that is much as we say that through Christ you can take those grave clothes off, they do everything in the world to keep them on. Who are those people in our life that we can say, Jesus truly has come to save the world and you're part of that world. And so the last piece of this is what part of your world have you not allowed Christ to save? Has He saved all of you? He has. But have you let Him? Do you believe that He has saved all of you? What's the dark? We don't do this much here. I mean, we really don't. This is going to be the last thing we do. And we're going to gather and Jordan and Deb are going to coach us up on the next steps. But I do want to just make sure that in a setting like this, that potentially someone has some dark that they're saying, you know what, I'm finally going to let the light of Christ shine into that. And I don't necessarily know what those next steps look like, but I'm willing to take the first step and take my grave clothes off and let them stay off. And get myself surrounded by people that can help me 
understand how to not put those on again. I'm still going to have that tendency. I'm still going to have that desire at times to put these grave clothes back on. And that's when we speak that out with one another and they help us and say, no, this is how you keep them off. You, you, you don't have to go back into that tomb, Bibbo. Christ has called you out of it. And you, you can take those grave clothes off forever because He has come to save my world. Has He saved your world? Okay? So, what I want to do in this last little bit is that um, I just want you to be you. I want you to be led in this however you want to be led. And what that means is that I would love for all of us to go ahead and stand up. Come on up. You're going to sing. I'm going to do some singing.